Hello and welcome to Points of Interest. I'm one of your hosts, Jake, along with my co-host James over here. Hey guys. If you're new to the show, each week we come to you, mostly each week we come to you, with video game stories from around the internet. Uh, yeah, mostly. I mean, we it try. works. It works. We've had a... We've had a we'll talk about it. It's summer. Yep. It's summer. It's, it's summer. okay, guys. You guys. You guys get us. But you get the audio version on this, of this show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the video versions on YouTube and Bidme. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at IRGames. Stay up to date with all the videos we're putting out. We're in the middle of a 30-day vlog challenge right now, so our channel looks a little different. We don't have Let's Plays going up regularly right now. We have these little little vlogs that we alternate on doing every day through pretty much the end of July. So make sure you head over and check that out. And actually new with this podcast, we're actually going to have the video version up on Facebook this time. We're starting putting some of our videos on Facebook. We've been doing it with the vlogs. We're going to toss this up there and just, you know, so if you guys are watching from Facebook, hello, comment below and let us know. Just trying new things, you know, getting more eyeballs on the channel is never a bad thing. Yeah. At least that's what my mom always said. Ta-da! Jumping in. Yeah. New on-demand subscription-based video game service called Jump is preparing to launch, uh, offering an initial library of 60 to 100 indie games playable for a flat monthly fee of $9.99 per month. What do you think of this, James? Um, I'm not sold. Yeah? I'm, I'm not sold. It's... Uh, it sounds cool. It's a cool concept, right? You've got 60 to 100 indie games, playable, flat monthly fee, $9.99 a month. It's trying to be like a Netflix or Spotify yeah. service for It does stream. Gaming. It's not like Xbox Game Pass where it downloads to your system first and right. then you play. It's a lot like PlayStation Now. PlayStation Now also is streaming games. Such a rip-roaring old. success of PlayStation Now. I mean, if you're going to compare the two with the game library of PlayStation Now versus what yeah. Jump is talking about, that's that's no where that's where contest. PlayStation Now kind of wins over. That's Jump. my that's my concern yeah. when we jump into this is what we're because it's a, it's courting indie games, right? We're not yeah. going to be playing Destiny on this. We're not going to be playing like Halo Three on this. Like that's not the the yeah. goal of this service. So. I mean, there's some good indie games. I mean, you look at some of the indie games in the Steam market, you get things like Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, yeah. Like, there's still some big names in the indie game marketplace. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know how many of, like, things of that known caliber we see in something like Jump. Yeah. But, um, some quick notes about it mm -hmm. is I've lost because I put a lot of notes down here. <laughs> Unlike most on-demand gaming services, which suffer from poor latency due to their reliance on cloud streaming technology, Jump uses a web-based technology that allows them to launch the games directly in the Jump client. So that helps in the cell a little bit for me. It's like okay, because that's my own. That's my big issue with doing right. streaming services. Is like yes, I have good internet, but there will, I live in an apartment complex right now. Right. So I don't get all the internet that I pay for. <laughs> that's just the long and short of that deal. It's true. And so it's like all right, what happens when everyone jumps on the internet at the same time and I'm playing a game that really needs me to be like on it? And yeah. now I've got latency. I'm, I'm yelling and screaming It's always a that. concern. I think uh, PlayStation Now handles it decently well, uh, and it's altogether a different thing than this. Um, but I feel like if PlayStation yeah. Now can figure that out with much bigger games, something like indie games, I, I'm not as concerned about that for this. Yeah. Um, it's They've got leaderboards, achievements, cloud saves, matchmaking, multiplayer, all handled through third-party... Third-party? Third-party service card. Oh, welcome to the party. <laughs> can I just do a dirk? <laughs> so they're handled through a third-party service called PlayFab, most notably allows you to uh, carry your saves over onto the new devices. Yes. Kind of cool. Not revolutionary in any way. It's almost all that stuff you kind of come to expect with video games. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, that threw, threw me off here 
uh, as they're talking about bringing in games and stuff. Uh, they say they work with people, with developers specifically, to make sure they're bringing their games to us in the right time in their life cycle. We want them to turn their premium sales cycle on Steam or Xbox or wherever. And once those sales dip off to a certain point, then it's a better time to bring it over to us. So we're not getting big titles. We're not getting new games. We're getting games that have already had their run on other platforms, from what yeah. it sounds like. So where's the benefit of paying $10 per month for indie games, not very many, and games that are probably already played somewhere else? That's my that's my yeah. concern. I think the idea for this would be is is not for people like us where we if yeah. we were in if we were in the marketplace like look at someone like Markiplier. He buys all the indie games when they come out on Steam and plays them for his channel. This isn't a service for him. This is a service to the people that watch his content. So yeah. I go back and I watch a video that he did of a game I'm like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting." And then I like load up Jump. Ba bam. There's, there it is right there. I already okay. paid $9 a month for it. I'll just grab it now. Same reason, like, brand new things don't come to Netflix. I mean, they do now because Netflix series is. But right. movies come out on Netflix that, like, yes, I may own, but I will just watch it on Netflix now because <laughs> it's here. I don't have to re-download it to my system. Yeah, um, or you can go grab a disc and stick it in or anything. Exactly. Like uh, there's several quotes here from, uh, I failed to get his name. <laughs> I, I got part of it. Um Nope, that's not him. Anthony Palma, CEO. There you go. That's what it is. I got several quotes from him, so just kind of bear with me here. Mm -hmm. um, that one you read is a quote from him as well. Mm -hmm. uh, quote, we want this to be a lot... The, the lot... <laughs> quote, we want this to be the logical next step of life cycle of content. If you think about the parallel to the movie industry, a movie goes on premium sales through theaters, and when those sales start to dip off, they take to other avenues and eventually end up at a subscription service like hbo or netflix or wherever that doesn't exist in gaming right now and particularly not for mm. indies end quote on on one level it doesn't exist but on another level it's always for sale yeah you can't always go see movies in the theater i didn't really think about that till i just read it right now I'm it like, doesn't it works but it doesn't work it's yeah. um the logic is like it's it, it just like barely on the edge of it. Works. It would be like if you could go play video games on like a huge 8K theater screen for like the first three weeks the game comes yeah. out. Yeah, and now you have to go get it for your lowly computer. Yeah, like it's. I just don't see the draw for it. I like that it's only ten dollars a month. That's pretty cheap in terms of even if you just mm -hmm. want to try it out, ten bucks a month, play a few games every now and then. That's Maybe great. For ten bucks, you probably bought. I mean, on Steam, you probably bought four or five indie games. I mean, there's most games that you're going to get are going to be $10 or more. So yeah. you're basically paying one game a month. You can play unlimited in, unlimited indie games. And you also didn't, you don't have to go through the process of like buying it from Steam, playing it for an hour, not liking it, and then going through the reimbursal process of Steam. Yep, it's all just right there. So it is kind of nice. I like some parts of this, like where they say they don't get it new on the subscription service so that teams can make their money, which is super important in the indie yeah. world. Um, quote, we don't want to cannibalize any premium sales. Our goal is to extend revenue for them, not take it away from them. Um, we take just 70, we just take 70% of our net revenue versus our full revenue. We pay that to the developers based on the amount of time their games got played over all the total minutes of gameplay End quote. So it's, it's a good deal as I think, I think as an indie developer to be like, all it's, right, it's we, better than not we had our burn. Like, you know, we, we ran through steam. Like we got into, yeah. Oh, what is it called now? Not Greenlight. The new Steam thing. Right. Explore. Steam Explore. Mm -hmm. And uh, we kind of fell off there, so we're just going to go to Jump. And then our game gets played a little bit more there. We get a little bit more money. We can maybe yeah. finance our next game now. It's interesting. I. Uh, it's just. It's hard to sell me on a platform that's just indie games. And we'll, it sounds like it's always going to be indie games. Yeah. I'm just not 
all that sold on. Sir, there's usually there's some great indie titles in there. But there's also a lot of crap ones. And oh, I don't yeah. know if I'm going to pay it's all the $10 to have 60 to 70 crappy games at my disposal. Yeah. And they will add games every month. They just didn't really give a ton of details about it. Yeah. Um, so I, it's interesting to see how it develops. Uh, when when you're talking about the revenue, they were estimating that it would be 25 to 50 cents per one hour of playtime per user. Yeah which, I mean, it's probably more than you get in a lot of other places. So yep. it's an interesting model. Uh, it could be. I think this is going to be a beta thing for a while. Like, it's going to more or less be like beta, like the first yeah. iteration, and then five years down the road, we'll actually see a real service that's worthwhile for it that gives you, like, bigger games for it. Yeah, um, That's what I'm thinking. Like, it could be kind of like a stepping stone to getting yeah. the day-and-date release. You have a subscription service to games that you get, Yeah, you know, X amount of games and like, all right, I picked that one for this. It's an interesting concept. Has to happen at so, some point, so go for it. Yep. I'm just not totally interested yep. in it. Not so. for us, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it is. Good Moving call. on to the next story. Valve issued its biggest ban hammer in history following Steam Summer Sale. I just, you know, we're not on Steam and <laughs> we don't participate in a lot of PC gaming right now, but right. man, that headline just like <laughs> stuck out to me. It's I had to real, dig into it. Yeah, it's a real smasher. As reported by .esports, allegedly players were buying these games at a discount on new Steam accounts so they could test the waters for various cheats. Should they get caught in their account ban, they still have their main account elsewhere operating normally. On the surface level, this is kind of a genius plan. <laughs> like, basic, yeah. but works. Like, okay, I got banned, whatever, I still have all my achievements and credit, whatever, bleh, on my other Steam account. <laughs> um, Valve's anti-cheat software, VAC, was on onto the gag and issued an astonishing... 40,444 bans according to the Steam database. I mean, that like, seems like a lot. How many of that was like real? Like, wow. Yeah, the previous record, if you're curious, 15,227 from October of last year. That's crazy. It's, it is it is a lot. Uh, it, I think it's a good thing to crack down on. Yeah, I think it's a great thing. We I applaud them. Obviously, for doing this. don't want cheaters. Um, no. I think it's kind of, there's kind of a, it's one thing um, we can get to in just a second. According to the tracking, on on VAC banned, $7,388 worth of goods like cosmetic items were forfeited from this purge of cheaters. So, so it kind of sucks for them, like they lost money. But I was going to say, does that cheat. mean that those people actually spent real money on it? Or did those cheats provide that much worth of like goods? I don't know. That's my question. I don't oh, know. Either way, like I'm curiosity. glad the cheaters lost. I think it's cool if you can find a fun way to like break a game. Like... You know, like the like the loot cave in Destiny when it first came out. Mm. It's like, yeah, you can break that, and then they'll just fix it later. Like, you're not cheating anything. You're not really gaining that much out of it, yeah. and it's not helping you in something like that. Like in a single player sense, mm -hmm. like if you can cheat or whatever, like, and it's not hurting, you know, multiplayer things or leaderboards, go for it. Yeah, like I don't care. You're not hurting me. You're not hurting anybody else. But like in multiplayer settings, if you're cheating to like get ahead and you found a way to break that and like get ahead, it's like, no, just like if you're going to if you're going to play a multiplayer game, just get good at it <laughs> or accept the fact that you're just not going to be that good at it. Yeah, that it's OK. It's interesting because I don't know, there's literally software in Steam to prevent stuff like this. So I yeah. don't I don't see the overall idea of continuing it. Maybe they've just been tweaking the software and it's getting better. Um, yeah. And it sucks that people want to cheat. And I'm glad that they're finding ways to um finding ways to stop it i think one of the barriers between the pc 
gaming and the console gaming is that idea of like the cheaters and the hackers and stuff yeah. that you have on PCs mainly just because of how you have access to all the files of the game, right? Exactly. You go in and edit anything you want. And sure, sometimes it takes some rooting around to really figure stuff out, but it's never anything we could do on PS4 or consoles Just start typing in my controller and all the code of the game. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it doesn't work like that. You know, after PS3 got rid of Linux way, way long time ago, it's just you, you don't do that anymore. No. Um, so it's it's good. It's if PC ever wants to be able to bring people over in droves, I think that's one of the big things, right? In Diablo three, you still have on the PS4. If you had your characters from PS3 when the PS3 was having jailbreaks, then those characters got hacked or they carried them over to PS4. And so Diablo three is rife with cheaters on it on consoles because of past mistakes. Yeah, and that sucks. It's just you can't really in. you can't really play like open lobbies for certain things because you'll just you'll have a cheater come in and just hack you up a hundred levels without even like trying and then it's like well that sucks and it just feels wrong so i can only imagine if there's a concern like that for a lot of your games like hacked lobbies and multiplayer yeah i remember old call of duty lobbies and stuff that had that from time to time Uh, but you don't see that anymore on consoles so it'd be nice to be able to cut that down on pcs i realize it's always just going to be a thing um, but it's good that they're hard to stop making an effort on it for sure. Props to Valve for cracking down on that mess. Um, yeah. Next headline that Jake grabbed for the sake of clickbait, both because <laughs> it was clickbait for Jake and Jake wants to be clickbait for his podcast. Hey, you know what? It's, it takes one to get one to know one and have you a know. thing. I'm not. Uh... It's been a while. It's okay. <laughs> I'll let that one slide. PS5 to launch in 2019 and will be, quote, another half step, quote, analyst predicts. Right there. That like almost negates everything in the entire article, which is good. It was right there in the headline. I'm glad and that I still it read it. it and I'm still glad we're talking about it. I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> just, you go over your notes. <laughs> we'll start with that. It's probably like, the safer option. Sony right may have only released the PlayStation 4 Pro at the end of last year, but more hardware could come as soon as 2019, according to one analyst. That's like the, uh, like, I like this restaurant, but like, <laughs> like, I went out with this girl last night, but. <laughs> It's <laughs> everything. Everything said in this article, you just take with like, and no. <laughs> it's like the asterisks next to like baseball players in the Hall of Fame, right? Exactly. I hit seven home runs. Yeah, but you you like double steroided your whole career. It still can't. Like, you carried four hundred of those Barry, over the fence yourself. Barry, come on, come on, bro. Shouldn't be there. Um, <laughs> we, uh, Wedbush Securities, Michael Pachter. Pachter, sorry if I butchered your name. If you're, hair. if you're listening to this, <laughs> has told Gaming <laughs> Gaming Bolt that he expects PlayStation Five to launch 2019, and that it will be a, a quote half step similar to how in Pachter's view the PS4 Pro was a quote half step over the base PS4. Um, quote the PS4 Pro is better from a technical perspective than the PS4, so I think that a half step towards the PS5. He said, <laughs> I think the PS5 will be another half step. Mm. this guy's just straight stepping huh yeah he added my expectation is not that it's coming out in 2018 that it will be 2019 or 2020 but probably 2019 sony is probably timing it better because they are going to be going to bring out a 4k capable device when the 4k tv market reaches 50 percent in the usa and 35 percent in the rest of the world end quote i mean end article obviously the ps5 was going to do 4k the ps4 pro does 4k yeah and then he goes on to make some outrageous things uh one of the things that he saw he said how much faster can it be it will surely support 4k will it support 240 frames per second great 
Um, hold on a second. What? 240? 240. So four times what most games can't do yet on consoles. <laughs> this is going to be a half a step up. I'm not even sure they do that on PC yet, dude. It's insane. Who who wants to? I, I can tell you they don't if they want to actually play it at seeable resolutions. So obviously this is stupid and wrong and incorrect on so many levels. Because this is just some security analyst for some random like Fortune 500 or 100 or 8460 yeah. company. I don't even this know. This is big break into the game. This is the stupidest world. thing. Like I don't. I don't understand where these analysts, like, he's just predicting this. He hasn't talked to anybody, doesn't have any sources. The source that GameSpot uses is Gaming Bolt. I don't know if you've ever heard of Gaming Bolt, but they have more ads on their website than actual website. Yeah. It's annoying because I'm scrolling through the website. Yes, yeah, so I'm looking at your ad, computer ad, right ad, now. Ad, like, this is, play a Valkyrie this, drive now? Oh, and then at the bottom, they have, like, the atrocious thumbnails of things you might Dude, be interested in. Every gaming website has it. Eurogamer has that. You scroll down, and it's like, you won't believe Rebel Wilson's weight loss. <laughs> and it's like a picture of her face, and then a picture of some, like, model's body next to it. I'm like, I don't believe you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if the PS5 launches in 2019, I would be surprised. I, yeah. I think we're far away from it. I think 2020 is a more realistic stance. Um, Death Stranding would probably come out before the PS5, I would think. Or it's a PS5 launch title. Yeah, maybe. But it'd be I mean, dumb. It'd be really dumb point, to have marketed it before we've yeah. talked about Death Stranding enough. My yeah. question for you now is, James, <laughs> how do we get to be that person in that article just like spouting off random predictions to GameSpot? I mean, like, you, Inverted Realities, James said, I think the PS10 will be out in 3012. <laughs> like, how you know, do we get I to mean, be that, the... making just ridiculous predictions? <laughs> I guess I could get into the analyst game and just like go start making predictions about tech companies. <laughs> like I think Sony's going to have an 8K TV next year just for fun. I think Sony's going to try and have a profitable division besides PlayStation in some near future. I think Sony's going to start making laptops again because they did so well the last time they made laptops. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, Sony, we oh. love you. We kid. We don't kid. It's Wait, just, you just you do such a stupid. I'm so annoyed that, that anything like that is given <laughs> any airtime, and anyone takes it. To, oh, it's just like clickbait on top of clickbait, on top of clickbait. There's it's like a video running one of these. So things. terrible. I hate it. <laughs> I'm just annoyed by James, it. James, I'm sorry that you it brought upsets it me up. to see you upset. So I want to talk about something that makes you happy. Destiny two. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Destiny two news on IGN. Ooh, First boy uh, has been. For how long it's been going now? Uh, they've been going for uh, it's been about a week and a half or so. They yeah. started the, the they did the same thing I think with Destiny One with yeah. their huge birth of content new thing every day. But they started doing this IGN first thing a couple of years ago, and they get a bunch of exclusive news first on IGN. Normally I don't give IGN a grain of salt because it's IGN. It just I don't like them. They always just Imagine Games Network. <laughs> so I'm just not a big fan of IGN, but they can get some of the scoops on stuff. Uh, which is great. Yeah. Uh, I did listen to IGN for a while back there. Um, yeah, the, back before Kind of Funny. Existed. Yeah, exactly. I listened, I listened to Podcast Beyond. That was about Greg the last Miller. time IGN was really solid. So Yeah. Well, the the guy that wrote this article, Destin McGarry, was on Podcast Beyond quite a bit. Yeah. So I do recognize some of the names from IGN occasionally when we roll across an article. I'm like, oh, hey, I know that person. I'm yeah. going to read this article. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some pe- good people there. But anyway, so, so, so this article here, it's updated every day, but they're, they put out new info pretty much every day for the whole month of July, they've got stuff going uh, for it. They're missing a couple days here and there. But it's all just new stuff or new videos or new developer commentary from Destiny 2. Some of the stuff we already knew at E3. Some of the stuff we knew from the early launch uh, details and things like that. But it's yeah. fun to get spoon-fed information 
uh, directly from Bungie, right? We don't have IGN sit in front of the camera telling me a bunch of stuff. Yeah. We've got Bungie developers. We've got game designers. We've got the writers. We've got the special effects guys, um, which is always fun. It's really cool to get kind of that boots on the ground feel from them. Um, the newest one, which was yesterday, um, is the Sentinel Titan class. Yeah. So we've seen this before. Uh, it hasn't hasn't been playable yet. It will be in the beta coming up. I think maybe it was playable at E3, but we didn't really hear a lot about it. Uh, we knew that he had a shield, and that's what we knew. He extended he had the a shield. We had. Right? So one of the big concerns with revamping some of the subclasses and completely redoing everything is what's going to happen to the Titan bubble. We hadn't seen anything, and we saw Zavala use it in um, in the, the very trailer, first cutscene, yeah. that trailer we saw in the reveal, but we hadn't really heard anything about the how they were going to use it. So I kind of thought it was just gone. They were just going to use the shield, and that was they were moving on from it. Uh, not the case. So the now if you go to into your uh, – you tap your shoulder buttons for your super, it'll go into your new shield one as normal. But if you hold the buttons down, your bubble drops. Now you have two supers in one, basically. right? You can obviously only do one or the other. Um, but it all of a sudden gives you such an offensive option with a void class, which isn't always like available, yeah. you know, with that, the draining s- super, right? Being able to run around and use it. Um, the Warder Dawn, the, that's the bubble if you don't play Destiny. Uh, it looks bigger, looks almost twice the size as the one in Destiny 1. It does look significantly larger. Um, one of the really cool things. Which they, is nice. I'm going to jump around here in my notes, but one of the really cool things is the, the bubble's going to show deterioration of health. So before there was there was not a lot of visual stuff with it, and um, what they're doing now is because you know you can shoot down the shield after a certain amount of time. It took two golden guns usually, or uh, a nova bomb or something like that. But now you'll see it, and at first it'll be uh, it'll it'll have particles all around. It'll be super solid. It'll look really smooth. And as you start to take damage, it's going to start to lose those particles, and it's start going to break holes in it. It's going to kind of fracture a bit. And so you can physically see when it's about to break. My question that, I, that when we were watching the videos before the podcast, said it's going to have holes in it. I'm like, can I shoot through those holes? I don't like, think as, so. Yes, as the hunter that doesn't like run in there and like shoot people, yeah. like like get people up close, I'm sitting here, I'm like, if I jump up and just look down through one of those holes, I just like catch one of them in the head. Like, I'm a guessing hole in the it's going to be That'd one be of those awesome. like really small fracturing holes or maybe like cracks yeah. in it. It's not going to be like a... Yeah, I think it'll still all be a shield. It's more just a thing to let you know it's breaking down. Either way, really cool. Um, so I'm excited about that. The shield is not just a defensive option, but also an offense, right? You, there's an option to throw it and bounce all over the place. It'll have yeah. a really cool purple trail behind it. Uh, you can you now have a shoulder charge with it. Basically, you just push your shield so through. You can somewhere. march forward. It looks very like Reinhardt from Overwatch. Yeah. Like you just, boom, and you just march forward towards something. Yep. So if and someone's blasting back. at you. Yeah, so you still have your back separated. So it gives you a lot of options. They said, you know, you can go in, you can knock everybody down, and your teammates can come and clean up. So it's it's like a support role, but it's a very aggressive support yeah. role. So I like it. I think you obviously we need to get in and play it and see what it feels like yeah. and see what the weaknesses are and what the other classes are changed to because we still don't know a ton about exactly. all the other classes. So I'm interested to see, but I think now the Defender class be- – I mean, it's not even called Defender anymore. It's called Sentinel. But it's now going to become a class that's actually viable outside of hiding in a bubble. Exactly. It's one of those things, like, there's players that they're teamed that they're like you and I. Or that looks works really well because you play with multiple characters. I don't. <laughs> I, I play as, I am a hunter, and that is the extent of my reach. 
<laughs> I'm not a super flexible player, and that's just how I am. But like, you yeah. walk in there, we need to go somewhere. She's like, okay, stunk, walk forward, and I'll be right behind you, like shooting people as we go. Yeah, like it's gonna be great. I'm I mean, I'm it. super interested in it. It gives you more flexibility. I think that's what they're kind of doing with all of the classes and with all of the stuff is giving you more flexibility to do different things. Yeah, keep you from being shoehorned into it. Uh, they showed off one of the new Crucible maps, which is cool. The maps are all going to be smaller, obviously, because they're going to four v four. You know that all their game modes. At first, I was a little bit, I was a little bit concerned because it's less people on a battlefield. But every all the gameplay I've seen of the Crucible, and we'll get into the beta here next week and find out more. But um, it, it it seems really good. It seems really smooth and tight. Uh, it just kind of hones it in a little bit more. Um, so in control, it's changed a decent amount. I'm sure the other modes have changed too. But this is the one they decided to talk to us about this week. Uh, no longer increased capture rate based on how many people are in the bubble. Uh, it actually makes sense now that there's three sp- three spawn points, four people. It's kind of hard to get multiple people on, anyways. Yeah. Um. So that's pretty cool. That's if, cool. I think if you have the one guy or three guys in and captures. The yeah, that's always great. There's always something that's super frustrating like when you're capturing a point, like yeah. especially if you're in the middle. If you're at B and you're capturing that point and they just run by you, you're like, "What? Where are you going? Why? Why are you leaving me? I'm gonna die here!" And then yeah. immediately, pop, pop. So it saves that time. I also like the other thing they changed about it is that they auto captured the point you're just closest to. Yep. You spawn in next to C, it's already yours. Mm-hmm. That is a waste of time to go get it. It really is. Because, I mean, then what, and they made a good point that it forces everybody basically to be. You can push and go get the other person's spawn point. Yeah. Or the entire, like, eight people collide right there on B in the first 10 seconds of the match. And that's what it's there for. Yeah. So that's really cool. And the other thing is you don't have to neutralize the point anymore. You just start capturing it when you go in. So it makes the whole process a little bit faster, and the, sc- and the scoring system is different. Was it too. like that in Call of Duty? Like, back in the day with Domination? Like, did you just jump up and start, you capture the point, and you leave, you didn't have to neutralize it first? I think so. I can't remember, because I know, like, Battlefield. It's roughly half, half Battlefield half. recently. Yeah. Uh, you have to neutralize it still. Yeah, like, almost everything is like, all right, you neutralize it first, then you capture yeah. it. So it's kind of nice to go to the... Yeah. So it's exciting. I mean, with smaller maps, it's almost a necessity at this point, because... Yeah. So, but the scoring system is more simple in that it's not like assigned like 100 points or 50 points or 10 points or 20 points. It's just you get a point for each kill for every zone you have. So, if you have one zone, you get one point per kill. If you have two zones, you get two zones, two points per kill. And if you have three points or three zones, you're in a power play. And what does that mean? You get three points per kill. That's it. That's the scoring. Done. Yeah. You so don't get points for you get one zone. It, somebody yeah. shoots one person, you haven't had any kills yet. You now have one point. Yeah. I just like I like that. It's just I easier than the numbers. Track of like, oh crap! Like we're racing to seventy thousand points. How many points do we have? How many points divide we get per by kill now? And, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, by the time I'm thinking there, I've already died twice, <laughs> and now we're behind. Maybe that's like just an us problem, but uh, this is a welcome change for me. <laughs> so already makes me think. And and the little gameplay I've seen, I don't know how much you've watched of the new PvP stuff, but it seems like the time to kill is a lot longer, and so it's less of a reaction based thing and more of a skill based thing yeah so it's like so i mean because that's always the big concern right in call of duty it's like if you're the first one if you're not the first one to react then you're dead it doesn't matter you have to catch them in this it it takes a while because like you can get the first couple shots in them but what if it's going to take 15 or 20 bullets so it seems like that may be a little bit better it may be more difficult honestly so i like that because it's just like uh for me i mean to go back to it again, mm-hmm. Battlefield, Battlefront are that very same way. Like, you know, time to kill is long. Yeah. So you don't see guys going at the end of the map, at the end of a match with, you know, 
a 50 and 10 KD. It's like good amount of kills, 20. Yeah. You know, I I like that because it's in the, like mm-hmm. I I really worked for every kill I got mm-hmm. and I did a good job staying away from being killed. Yeah. So I I feel better about my score for sure. that. For sure. So moving off of the PVP crucible type stuff, uh, they had a lot of talk about Destiny's story. Boy, did they ever! And that's a, it's been a big question. It's we, as if it was a problem in the first game. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's everybody's talked about the story, and we know that the first game was lacking. It lacked some direction. It did have a huge rewrite six months out that caused a lot of uh, uh, just a lot of broken pieces, a lot of things glued yep. together just to make it work, and it just didn't always click well. Um, so they they've made a couple different videos about it. one was how do they you know their vision for a sequel and then their other one was like what Destiny story looks like to them and uh, there were obvious shortcomings they had acknowledged that there was um, but they said that this way they're putting story every facet of the game right different ways to interact with the story basically in every activity everywhere soup to soup to nuts I think he said which I'd never heard before but that's apparently a thing that people say so. Whatever, soup to nuts. Uh, so he he the, one of the guys said that there's so much story. He said he he thinks that people will be complaining that there's too much story. Yeah, he wants the people to complain. He's like, I want to read that Reddit throw. There's too much story in this game. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I'm excited. I I'm nervous when they talk it up that much yeah. that we're gonna have empty promises. But I mean, from the little we've played, from where Taken King went and where, where Rise of Iron went, and the later DLC and stuff like that, how it started to do that. Um, it just it, it's exciting to me, and I'm glad that they're um, bringing that story in a lot of different ways. It also they talked about grimoire in game. They say that the the lore is really good for the game, but it was a niche because it was outside the game. It was hard to get to. You just didn't really know what you were doing you to go grimoire. through and just like read because it wasn't like you're reading like four or five lines of text. Yeah, like you're reading like pages. I mean, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of grimoire cards. That someone took the time and people were really into it. Yeah. I'm not. I've read I don't I haven't read the cards, but I've read people's summary of the cards and like different yeah. events and stuff in the That's cards. The I don't I don't really take in information well by reading. Yeah. It's just not a way I learn. I'd rather just be like rather tell me please. Experience it in the game. Exactly. So that's what they're doing this time. They didn't really talk about what that looks like cuz obviously we'll kind of get into it when we uh, get the game, but bringing that into the game, they said they want to have that lore more accessible to more people. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it'll be good. It seems silly that we're praising them for putting lore in the game. Yeah. But that's where we're at with Destiny. It's one of those things. I also like that they talked about, it might not have been in this section, it might have been somewhere else, but mm-hmm. um, it, uh, they gave more purpose to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you know, what, you know, we were doing it before just to, to do it. And now it's yeah. like, all right, why are we doing it? Oh, because we're doing it to this, that, and the other reason. I'm like, that was, that, that's the hook I need to stay involved in something like Destiny. Because, yeah. When you were there, at the, you know, 250 hour mark, I was kind of like, I kind of feel like doing something else. I yeah. know that sounds ridiculous. At 250 <laughs> hours in, to be complaining that I don't have anything to do, right? But it's just like I don't have a hook because we're doing it again to do it again, and so I'm kind of looking forward to the. Here's why. Yeah, like, okay, and I'm curious. Cool. I'm curious how well that holds up at the two or three hundred hour mark. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily the answer to it, but it might not be. But maybe it holds me in for a it's little just bit that, longer. It's that motivation. Yeah. It's that why do we want to do it? And it's that idea of creating relatable characters and creating relatable stories yep. and storylines. And they said that you can line up with that you hear and you feel and you're like, yes, I am sold. Let's go do it. Yeah. And that's something that was missing in the first game. It didn't bother me, but. It's one of those things like looking back on it, that'd be really sweet to yeah. have. It, it, it would hold so. me out for longer on the front end yeah. to push me further into the back end of yeah. it. 
So that's it's awesome. It's great. Uh, one thing that was really cool, they said that what they've been doing in Destiny 1 and D1, which they kept calling it because they're so cool. D1 and D2. D1, D2, uh, is they're setting the foundation, right? They were building a world. They were creating this huge expansive thing right they asked a lot of questions didn't answer everything left a lot of things open-ended and it's like now they have spent so much time on building this world now they can just tell like huge cinematic stories because you don't need to know the backstories for a bunch of stuff anymore you know them all or you know enough of it to figure it out no they don't have time to explain what they don't have time to explain (laughs) exactly so i it's really good it all sounds great it's um it just it feels genuine to me uh when you when you listen to these guys talk um they're just so excited like all of the bungee guys and you can tell that these guys are probably not always the ones that are on camera right these are the guys behind the the screens like making stuff playing the game making tweaks to it and they're just excited like we watched one of them today that was uh it was from the 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 sentinel class as i was rewatching it and this one of the uh, the effects guys, the effects I think. designer, yeah, yeah. Effect, he was he just did sound effects for like half of his interview, and it was awesome. He was so excited, he was like pew 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 pew, and he just like doing stuff with his hands. You yeah. could see it in his face, and you know, with somebody like Luke Smith, uh, he's very excited about it. And um, Noseworthy, Mark Noseworthy, is yep. that his name? Um, he's very excited about it. Clearly, yeah, it's cool to see non PR people, yeah, in front of the camera being excited because PR people are paid to be ex- literally your job is to go out in front of people yeah. and be excited for this game and sell stuff yeah but it's cool to see the designers on screen like this is going to be really cool oh yeah uh another one that um they, they haven't really talked about but we see it in clips from now and then and they did play have it i think it was playability three but fist of havocs is a little bit different that's the the lightning super for uh titans it's not just a huge jump up and smash now yeah it's uh very reserved like a quick smash seems like it's, it's probably like a human sized jump yeah so it's it's very it's much quicker less delay from when you push it to when you land uh probably a little bit smaller area of effect i would imagine Boy, but, one would hope so but you don't just get do it once you could do it and then run off that's why i hope the smaller area effect because i'm sitting here i'm like i've jumped away from many fist of havocs and still been hit on my way backwards yep. and if that's going to happen multiple times in a match boy howdy sure. i i can't get on reddit fast enough to be bungee please nerf <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it looks interesting uh i really want to see how they change all of the supers and all the classes because i do want it to feel like new stuff yeah that is something that it's on a service level concerns me a touch from what yeah. we've seen so far because we've seen like oh look at the new titan supers like they've been in several new yeah. things for titans like look at this cool new warlock supers and it's like yeah hunters are gonna get new stuff we'll get back to that later <laughs> and i'm gonna like wait a minute hang yeah. on yeah i want new stuff i i feel like they're gonna give us stuff with hunters um if we yeah it's we'll see we don't really yeah. know i like i said i would love to imagine that there's more for them i just hope they don't oh, i'm sure there is it's just one of those things like the way it's being marketed people right didn't, now. Titans and Warlocks, just their supers look cooler. Right. Hunters are very, it's very just like a quick jumpy character. So it's like supers don't look cool because just like, yeah, it's not really great for marketing. very quick hit things. So I'm like, it'll be there. It's just like, man, I wish I could see it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impatient. It's all for I need. Sure, for sure. So, um, but it is cool to see the changes that they're making in these classes and improving them rather than just carrying everything over. Yeah. Uh, one thing we haven't gotten to see yet is the skill trees. Uh, it's supposedly a lot different. Um, they didn't talk about it in uh, the videos that we watched, but they're supposed to have different 
tr- different pads basically so there's a few le- it seems like there's going to be less options like if you want this perk gift go down this tree and you get these things if you want this perk gift go down this tree get these things you can't have this with this and that with this yeah so we don't really know it's just kind of like the visual we've seen and like the things that people say on twitter so we aren't really sure um they're hopefully going to be talking about skill trees as we get closer to it um up coming up later today they have another pvp reveal they're revealing a new game mode uh july 14th they've got the sounds of destiny 2 beta goes live the next week closer look at combatants july 19th i'm circling my calendar for that one i don't know what that means are we talking about a new race are we talking about just the red army like what's what does that look like Um, and then there's some other stuff down there that they'll get into. So we got a good two more weeks of content that they're drip feeding to us. Could all this be placed in two or three big articles? Sure. Yep. (coughs) But come on now. We wouldn't be clicking on IGN every day like that. Uh, they did talk about a new public space. This was one of the first videos they, they popped out a week and a half ago. (coughs) What's going on over there? Oh, I think I'm dying. (laughs) So, uh, new public space farm. It's, uh, it's supposed to be roughly at least twice the space of the last one. Um, all of the spaces that we're seeing are supposed to be a lot bigger than the first game, so that's really exciting. Um, this fits it's exciting 20- on a certain level of like, okay, if you make the space bigger, you best not just spread everyone to all corners of this space. Right, there better be more stuff to do. In let it me too. tell you, I'm not going to run across like, oh, I need to go Caesar on this end of the map, <laughs> but freaking the Cryptarch's over on this end of the map. Right. Like, what the heck are you doing? Get my sparrow out and go through this, the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, so if you allow that in the public space... <laughs> uh, so it's supposed to fit 26 people including you so it'll be you and 25, 25 others, others. Uh, familiar vendors you got your gunsmith cryptarch uh, postmaster all that good stuff yep. um, there's activities in the space they haven't really talked about what they are um, but by doing those activities within that space you can draw attention to yourself whether it's making you run faster add some like cool effect to you or if or it's playing whatever. more on like that uh, like that vent in the tower Mm-hmm. You go up and hit the button. You can blow. Oh yeah, blow I'm sure it's a lot like More that. stuff like that, but it's just a little bit more obvious that you're doing it. Yeah. Because I remember when the, when we first ran into that, I'm like, "What the heck is making me jump?" Right. And then you look up and you see some dude just standing there. Yeah. I'm sure there's gonna be a ton of stuff like that. They also are gonna have a a full soccer field. Yeah. With a soccer ball and, and a scoreboard, scoreboards and like nets and stuff, so you can play around with your buddies while like people are getting stuff from their vault or getting ready for a raid or things or like that. Like hop in, and be like, you start a game. So like, I wonder if there's gonna be a trophy for it. That's well, yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd be wondering if there's some kind of trophy for oh, it. Yeah. But I wonder if you hop in, and you're like, you know, start game with X people or whatever. So like, you don't just like run in or like, how does the scoreboard know when to reset? Yeah, is my question. It looked like they had like three lights at the bottom of the goal. So I'm guessing it's like first three. First to three, and then just so you come in and like you queue in, and then you wait for X amount of people to get there, and then boom, first to three yeah. or whatever. Or you just like jump in, play with. Sounds exciting. 26 people. <laughs> and so they're supposed to have more activities like that and things going on. So there's more stuff to do rather than just visit your vendors and get your yeah. bounties. So the new social space looks cool. There's new characters coming and going, new NPCs, uh, all that kind of stuff. They didn't tell us a lot. They just showed us what it looks like. Uh, that'll be really cool. I'm excited for it. The social space will be briefly, briefly available in the beta. It will be on Sunday afternoon, the 23rd, for one hour a Jeez. one hour block it's basically just stress testing it's just gonna break yeah that day but if it doesn't then they're ready for launch yeah so i will be interested to see i won't get to play that because i will be traveling for that so i'm going to rely Jake on you play and try to take you maybe notes. you may be able to play on sunday afternoon it just kind of depends on where I, I can't remember the window i don't remember if it works for you 
or what. Or but pre-order folks. Well, so it'll be open for everybody. The, uh, the the way the beta works is if you pre-ordered, you get access on July 18th for PS4 or July 19th for Xbox. Right? We get a day early on PS4 if you pre-order. The open beta for everybody starts the 21st, so that Friday. So everyone's content is the same. It's not as much as the first beta, which I get because that first was... A chunk. It was a chunk, and then we realized that was a third of the game. <laughs> um, so it's it's the first level. You can play the first level. You get a strike, and you get two the two new PvP modes, and you get the brand new classes for each of the or brand new subclasses for each of the classes. Yeah. So you got your Void uh, Titan, you've got your Solar Warlock, and you've got your Arc Hunter. Yep. Doing pole dancing or whatever he does. I don't know. It's a hard do best. So it'll be cool to play it. It won't be near as much time in it as we did in the first beta where you leveled up a character and did like four missions and did patrols and stuff. I don't think they're going to have patrols open. If they are, correct us. Um, I'm pretty sure we're not at this point. Uh, It'll just be good to get in and play. I I pre-ordered it, so I will be jumping in Tuesday, and I will do all my playing on Tuesday because Wednesday I'm going out of town until Monday. So I will have a nice big swath of like, I'm not playing. I'm gonna stay off of Twitter. I'm just gonna text you a ton while you're gone. Just like, send me screenshots. Yeah. <laughs> Look, James, I went 0 30 in the new Crucible. Yeah. <laughs> it was a 20 kill game. I don't know what happened. I don't know how this. I happened, walked off the I side didn't... 14 times. Yes, I'm going to pre-order the game, but that is not a this next I mean, you gotta, paycheck situation. You gotta wait for your. I mean, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. They do yeah. have an open beta. And that's kind of the saving grace of it. If really there was no open to, beta, I would find a way to pre-order it for yeah. the beta. Yeah, I mean, once we're once the beta is done on the twenty third, then we're pretty much done until September sixth. So there's not a huge benefit. Only reason I did it is because I had a couple gift cards at Best yeah. Buy that were unexpected. So I got it. Got the uh, the the season pass for it. people. Like, oh man, I can't believe you're ordering the season pass. Blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> like, do you know how much time I spent with the first Destiny game? Feel good about ordering. Yeah, so it's fine. Yeah. This is not a uh, let's stop pre-orders uh, situation with yeah. a sequel to a great game. Exactly. All right. Moving on. Moving From on. Destiny to, as always, the last segment in our podcast, The Drop. For those of you who don't know what The Drop is, The Drop is the week of your releases for PlayStation. So if you're an Xbox gamer or PC gamer, I'm sorry. Maybe someday in the future, when we care, we will get <laughs> to your games. But right now, these are the games that we would play. So if you guys have with us. the same fancy articles for your Xbox and PC as as new games for the week, let us know. I'm gonna go ahead and stop you right there. We are not reading week releases for PC. <laughs> period. Because we don't have six hours to do this podcast and go through lists upon lists upon lists of new PC releases. If you have like a top ten list. Yeah. If you have a the version of the drop for Xbox and maybe a top ten list for PC, we'll get into just comment releases. Let us know and then we'll we'll start doing that every yes, week. We'll we be fun. All right. Okay, so if, you, if you're curious about this part of the show, um, we do just go through this list live on the show. So for I'm you. literally looking at the first screenshot on the drop here. Not even like the titles, but it's I think it's a shot from Final Fantasy twelve. Is that lady like like half naked with rabbit ears? Are those she kind of looks like rabbit ears. It's weird, right? It is. Uh, weird. Anyways. Yeah, it's definitely from Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's Final Fantasy twelve, original two thousand six. 
It's HD remaster. Speaking of which, Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age, improves upon the PS2 classic, now more beautiful and easier to play than ever. The high-definition remaster includes introduces several modern advancements, including reconstructed battle design and a revamped job system. Players both returning and new to the game will experience a grand adventure that spans the world of Invalis? Ivalis. Ivalis? I don't know. Uh, I've heard very conflicting things on this. It's one of those you either like it or you hate it. It doesn't have the same uh, turn-based system as the previous games. The Final Fantasy XI that came before this was an MMO. Final Fantasy X was kind of like, everyone's like, oh, man, we're going to get a follow-up to this. And then twelve came out, you're like, what? <laughs> and uh, I've, I did read some of this on Reddit today, but I guess the graphics are good but they're not like outstanding. It looks like they reused a lot of assets that the remastered version just wasn't, there wasn't a bunch of improvements. The high definition, like wipe on it. Like, all right, cool. Took off the bars on the side. That's pretty much it. (laughs) They just like stretched it out. I don't know. I've never played it. I'm not going to play it. Yeah, me neither. So you take that with a grain of salt. It was the title thing. Make sure you Google it. it, Okay. Just Google it. Don't pre-order it. Here we go, guys. Don't pre-order it. Don't buy without reading reviews. Like, Look up stuff for it. See what everybody's thinking about it. Find fans of the game. See what they think. And then make your decision. That's weird. It takes you maybe an hour. All right. What else we got? Um, the one right below it just because I don't know what it's about. <laughs> and Whoa. Just the yeah, the, the, <laughs> the game art is just like kind of like a buff dude surrounded by scantily clad women. Yep. And it's called Frisky Business. Frisky Business. Frisky Business. How do you turn down Frisky, frisky Business, folks? You are Mr. Falco Frisk, private detective of private detective of Frisk Investigative Solutions. Develop your relationships with your team as you take on your very first case. Tell me, James, what is this game about? Porn. How do you play it? This is porn. I mean, this is this is one of those uh, one of those novels, right? And that and what it is where it's just characters on the screen and they change poses as they read their text like, aloud, right? Huh. Yeah, it's just, it's like a step away from porn. I'm just, just come on I now. don't get it. Whatever. Um, it's boobs. Next up, Hunting Simulator. Hunting Almost Simulator. the grand opposite of that last game. <laughs> in Hunting Simulator, discover distinct hunting areas and complete hundreds of objectives alone or with your friends. Explore varied environments, track your prey, and become a better hunter. So, this may bother no one but me, but why do they have the actual box art with the PS4 header and like the T for Teen symbol at That's the bottom? Just the thing. Like, come on they now! Didn't, like, send the art. They sent the game case art. They sent the actual cover oh, art. I don't. It's get just it. so funny. This is one of those games that like I would pick up on a sale just for fun. I played Dangerous Hunts. Yeah. Like, and that game was fun. Like, it was kind of fun because the only level that sticks out in my mind is like because the animals like fight you back. Ooh, that's different. It's kind of a thing. Yeah. So if, like, if you like shoot them, they don't like run away. They come at you. But there was a level where you had to like escape the woods, and all you had was a knife, and you were being chased by wolves. That sounds awful. It was crazy, and like you could get away from the wolves for a second, but you could get lost. And so I would like mark the trees with my knife, and <laughs> be like, "Oh crap, I've been here. I'm going the wrong direction." <laughs> yeah, this definitely looks just like a hunting. Sim. Like you're hunting. Like the animals aren't fighting back. It's just. It's just this looks like one of those like mindless games that I would get. Just makes me think of like farming simulator and stuff like that. Yeah, obviously a bit different. Maybe there's a big cult following for this as well. It's be you see experience the thrill of hunting with a campaign mode of 111 missions. Track 37 species, each with realistic animal behaviors. 111 missions. 17 different firearms. 12 vast regions in Europe and North America. 
111. Okay, I can get it at a certain level because the kind of person that's been looking forward to this game has not played another game that was not hunting. And they're not listening to this show, so I don't feel bad about that. Minecraft Story Mode Season 2, Episode 1. Oh, they're doing a Season 2 of it. That's interesting. Yeah, now that Jesse and the gang have vanquished the winter wither storm, saved the world, and become totally super famous heroes, life has gotten a bit more complicated. With more responsibilities and less time for adventure, old friendships have started to fade, at least until Jesse's hand gets stuck in a creepy gauntlet that belongs to an ancient underwater temple. I mean, at what point are they just, like, cashing in just for the sake of money? Um, like always because that's what that's what <laughs> business is i know it's just like i don't know it's just interesting for me oh did mr shifty spoiler alerts if you played the first season i guess they vanquished the wither storm spoiler for this game you win <laughs> some bull crap thanks a lot for that telltale right tweet at ryan clements let him know this is spoilers and keep that kind of crap out of the drop so rude i don't think his name is at ryan clements i'm gonna look that up real quick because i always it seems it. really important I always like like <laughs> mention it as a joke, like tweet at Ryan Clements, whatever it is. I always forget his. Sit at the top of the drop. Don't look. Find another game. <laughs> <laughs> don't look. Find another game. <laughs> uh, I don't. Palm cider. P W A M C I D E R. Palm cider. Ryan Clements. That's probably how he hides from people. He just makes up his Twitter handle. Well, he used to work at IGN. Yeah, that's fair. Mr. You know, Shifty. I'm not seeing a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's... I saw Let's Play Achievement Hunter was playing through Mr. Shifty for a long time, so it kind of caught me. Looks weird. Shift through bullets and master lightning fast takedowns in an only kind of action game from Tiny Build and Team Shifty. Mr. Shifty follows a teleportation fueled heist to find to break into the world's most secure facility. It kind of reminded me of like Hotline Miami. That's exactly what I was thinking of. But if it has anything to do with stealth, no thanks. Heist. Heist equals stealth. James is no good. It's no, I don't think it's really stealth. There's transport so? giant. Uh, be a transport tycoon. Ooh, I'd love to drive it. I just you would be a train. It looks like crazy boring. <laughs> Sorry about it. Yeah, nothing, uh, nothing crazy exciting oh here. The art for Yama Yama <laughs> plays one of the armless rejects in the Yama Yama Arena of Joy. Wait, hold on. Your goal is to impress the flat god faces of you, <laughs> Underverse, by fat suiting your opponents into oblivion. <laughs> okay, now I might need to go watch a trailer on. All this. of a sudden, I'm interested in Yama Yama or Yama Yama or Yama Yama. <laughs> <laughs> I- there is Boy, no pronunciation guide on the drop. We're gonna go. I'm gonna go look that up. We'll watch that. And for uh, a good friend Duff, because I know yeah. he likes motorcycles. Oh yeah, uh, MotoGP 17, hmm. 2017 edition of official MotoGP video game. It's motorcycle racing. So there you go. I'm not gonna read the description because it kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, can't figure it out if from it's there. Any more obvious. Uh, motorcycle would have driven through the living room by now. So. <laughs> hey guys. Hey. So we, uh, if you're noticing. <laughs> We lost the last bit of our recording for the podcast. The uh, audio dropped out because Audacity hates me. Because why not? doesn't hate him. It hates me. So uh, that was it for the podcast. We pretty much highlighted MotoGP just for you, Duff. You missed a train wreck of an ending, though. So sorry about that. <laughs> this is true. It was not good. Let me just turn on the audio in the video recording. But we need to start doing it. <laughs> all right. So that's going to do it for this week's podcast. We appreciate all you guys liking, sharing, commenting. Subscribing, all that stuff. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at IR Games. Um, and we'll tweet at you with more stuff throughout the weeks. Mm-hmm. Thanks for hanging out. See you guys. Bye.